Your homepage for horror is here. Fangoria.com is now live and brimming with the digital horror content you crave. Fangoria.com is your first destination for all the horror news of the day, featuring a constant curation of the Fango team's favorite links from across the internet. They're taking the time to aggregate the most important news and horror in one space to save you time and sanity. You'll also find long-form pieces, deep dives, and daily thoughts from the biggest names in horror, as well as exclusive access to the Fangoria vaults. Right now, all current subscribers to the magazine are automatically members of Fangoria.com. And as promised, the content of the new issues will forever be print-only. If you're not already a subscriber, check out the new Fangoria.com for yourself and see the horror right before your eyes. Use promo code QUEERWOLF for 15% off right now. From visionary horror director Osgood Perkins and an executive producer of Insidious comes Gretel and Hansel. Forget the fairy tale you know and witness a dark and twisted adaptation of the beloved story. Sophia Lillis of It stars in Gretel and Hansel in theaters nationwide on January 31st. Visit GretelandHanselTheMovie.com for more. Welcome back to Attack of the Queer Wolf. I'm Brennan. I'm Michael. Hey. Hello. We're missing Nay today because there's a new stipulation in our contract that we can't all be in the same room at the same time. <laughs> yeah, lately, huh? This is the third week in a row that is one of really? us has been out. We've been cycling. Yeah, we have. Um, but anyway, we have, look, nobody could replace Nay, but if anyone could even come close to reaching that bar, it is our guest host today. Yep. Um, oh my God. Uh, t- take a deep breath. I'm going to unroll my medieval scroll <laughs> to introduce her. She is a professor at USC. She's the co-host of the Shockwaves podcast, the host of the Nightmare University podcast, co-director of All the Creatures Were Stirring, the director of Psycho Granny, and a lot of other things I haven't mentioned. It's Rebecca McKendry. Yay! Hey, I'm so How happy you doing? I am so honored to be here. And there's no way I could even come close to touching a badass like Nay. But I'm just psyched to be here. So You're I'm in her Nay. seat, so it's about as close <gasps> as oh anyone can. <laughs> I have to come back when she's here. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. and she, I love her. Yes, and okay. she loves you, and she Excellent. wants to be in the same room with you. I am so excited to finally be on the show. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much for coming. Yeah, this I is awesome. I was so thankful that I was talking to Paula Hayfley recently <laughs> and I mentioned that we were doing this episode and she goes, you know, Rebecca's like insanely a huge, like not just a fan, but like this was very Rebecca about this Rocky was Horror. my life. <laughs> very Rebecca. I love that. That means exuberantly passionate. Yes. I'm guessing. And I, like, I like, I got home and was like, I text you. Yes. And as soon as you said Rocky Horror, yes. I, I was going to come on regardless of what you said. You could have yes. been like, do you want to come on to discuss like, yeah, but I, I made know, sure to sell Rocky Horror, British and, horror, but I would have been like, hell yes. I made sure to sell Rocky Horror and Darren. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> and yes. that one sold it for me Combo. as well. So yeah, this um, combo will get her. the cat has been let out of the bag. Yes. Our guest is the director of Jawbreaker and GBF, recently a guest judge on Dragula. That's right. Um, it's Darren Stein, everybody. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Hello, everybody. Hi, Darren. It's so great to be here. Thanks for being here. Of course. Thanks it's for my, picking this movie. 
Oh, oh my, my god, god are you kidding? You. Oh, see, so you picked this. Oh yeah, that is awesome. <clears throat> yeah, a oh, Rocky Horror is like an old school in my blood sort of like religion for sure. Oh yeah. my gosh, my boyfriend was like, "How have you guys not done that movie yet?" I was a little surprised as yeah, well. But I'm actually but really I'm glad excited. we have it. Yeah, I'm yeah, glad I'm glad you too. two are here. I know. And it <laughs> you it need all to, worked you out. Need to yes. Save up the big ones too. You can't just do yeah. them all immediately. Yeah. There's some movies that just feel like the right person picks them, and this is mm-hmm. one of those. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Darren picked it, I was like, oh, "That makes so, so much sense." <laughs> but there will be plenty of time for Rocky Horror Talk in a minute. Yes. But first, let's do a bit of tea time. Let's spill it. What have we been watching recently? Let's start with Michael because you've been out last week. I was like blanking. I saw okay, Hustlers. Let's not start with Michael. I saw Hustlers, but I know you guys talked about that on the Suspiria episode. So I still want, what did you I want to know your thoughts. Oh my god, I fucking loved every second. Okay, because Constance Wu was in my movie, yes. um, which yeah, which movie? Yeah. She was in all the creatures. Awesome. Yeah. So my, my like under a hundred thousand dollar like horror film. Oh, I've heard um, of it. Oh, thank you. Wow, <laughs> I'm gonna, and I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm, I'm flustered now. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I, she. Yeah, I remember her and Peter mm-hmm. Morgan. Uh, Peter uh, Morgan. Morgan. Wait, so before yeah. she was on that TV show, she was on yours. She was in the TV show. Oh, okay. She had just finished her first season. She okay. wasn't. Constance Wu as in like household name yet and so um, and we had a mutual friend and she was willing to do it and it was only a weekend so she was like yeah and she liked the segment so yeah it was fun um, and I, she is now rightfully so a household name yes yes, so incredible I fucking incredible. loved the movie like mm-hmm. fucking loved it it was so fun I had a smile on my face the entire time unless I was crying and I <laughs> cried three times while watching it oh my gosh yeah yeah I, I loved uh, it too I saw it as well it was so good yeah it's just a good fucking time. Jennifer Lopez is a fucking good actor. Force of nature. Yeah. True force of nature. She, um, I think the Oscar talk is real. I, don't I did think too. Just, I really did yeah, too. I don't think yeah. it's just like, let's stand JLo for a second. I think she's so fucking good. The minute she says, get inside my fur. I was like, girl. Wow. <laughs> See, I religiously watch her show world of dance. And so uh, yeah, she's got she's, world of dance. And yeah, I love that show so much. Yeah. She's super mm-hmm. fun. So then when I've seen clips of this, of her screaming things like that, I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's oh my really gosh. good. It's really, really, it's like a, it's a good fucking movie. It's a great film. And it, and it manages to embrace the camp of something like showgirls. Yes. Like it doesn't, oh, yeah. it doesn't shirk. It doesn't stay away from sort of the more sort of uneasy areas and the, and the more over the top areas. You know, like any good stripper should, should mm-hmm. stripper MV should go there. Yeah, and it's a strong ensemble too. Mm-hmm. Like it's very difficult to pick your favorite person, but if I had to, Kiki Palmer. For she's me. great. She's oh, incredible. Lily wow. Reinhardt's okay. great. Mm-hmm. Um, Lily I, Reinhardt's really good. She's really good in it. The music. It's like another character. The music's incredible. <laughs> yes. Um, it's just in a movie like this, just it benefits so much from being written and directed by a woman. A woman. It does. It really does. <laughs> it really I believe does, it. Right. Yeah. yeah. You just get a whole new fresh perspective mm-hmm. and the male gaze isn't there even though it's about strippers and like it's just it's a real honest depiction i think of women it's awesome Definitely. i love it well you guys just sold me on it yeah so i can't I recommend it enough it. yeah i would go see it with i you. rarely <laughs> get to see movies that are not horror just because of your job. everything i do in my yeah. job mm-hmm. so like i never get to go see anything that isn't horror unless it's a kid's movie and my kids are taking me on like sunday afternoon so <laughs> that's the, like, the only two things i get to see theatrically grab a girlfriend or two treat yourself yeah uh, i will it. it's uh, great to see with the crowd fantastic uh-huh so i think that's all Okay, let's move on to Darren. Have you been watching anything you want to talk about? Well, this is so obnoxious because I was just a guest judge on it. But last, okay. last night I, wa- <laughs> I just watched episode six of season three of Dragula. And I was great on it. 
I'm talking. I'm being. <laughs> no, I wasn't on that. One. No, I was on episode four. <laughs> no, okay, great. Oh, oh okay. I was getting no. ready to ask if you were on Dracula Brennan. I was like, no, 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 I was I was like do no. you tell? No, I'm actually a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mega fan. Yeah, and I it's it's actually analogous to what we're talking about tonight because I consider Dracula to be sort of the Rocky Horror of our times. It is sort of like that. that. It is the collision of horror and glamour and the mm-hmm. grotesque mm-hmm. and you know. Filth, horror, glamour, sexual perversity, you know, all it's, the good stuff. All the good, you know, the John Waters of it all. You're you making know? me write down a note to catch up on it right now. <laughs> it's going on my li- my watch list. And it's they're into the third season with it. And I remember in season one, well, the Boulet brothers took me out once and they're like, hey, and they were sort of picking my brain about the show. We're thinking about doing this reality show. And then I get a text after our, our lunch saying, hey, by the way, would you mind being the guest judge in the first episode? And so this is my third season doing the show. Oh, I've, cool. I've done one, I've, I was. Episode one of season one, season two, and then three. Well, season two is episode six, but I'm a huge fan. And uh, I keep thinking to myself, if I was a kid, because I, I, I discovered Rocky when I was like seven or eight years mm-hmm. old. I was pretty young. I was a you know precocious kid, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> um, I would have I been obsessed with Dragula. And I clearly haven't grown up because I'm still <laughs> excited about it. You it's know? for young and old. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's pretty great. And it's yeah. on Amazon this year. Which Amazon is, Prime. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have to keep oh, and guess who was the guest stuff. judge on the last episode of season six? Millie Shapiro from Hereditary. Oh, yes. Oh, no and she's And she's incredible. Oh, my gosh. Her critiques are- No so, kidding. She reads them. But they're, <laughs> but they're very smart. Oh, wow. Okay. And she's wearing this gothic little Unexpected. dress. Unexpected. Oh, she's, she's, she's wow. everything. Wow. Yeah, I would not have expected that right? one. Right? That's cool. Maybe you should start with episode six of season three. Just I, yeah. I think I'll start <laughs> Go with backwards. season three and then just yeah. move forward. No, for sure. I'll binge that. Uh, well, Becca, what have you been watching? So I saw The Lighthouse last week. Oh, my God. God. Yeah. So I got to go to one of um, the advanced press screenings, and I'm still admittedly a little torn on it. Like, it's not The Witch. It was not. Whereas I walked out of The Witch going, oh, fucking hell. I can curse on this one. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, okay, yeah, making yeah. sure. Oh, fucking hell. I love this <laughs> movie so down. much. Um, I walked out of this going, Oh, and it was like a completely different response. You sounded like Edith Bunker. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was about my response. Um, but that said, there was parts of it that I really liked. Like this guy has been watching um, a lot of Bellatar, which is like weird black oh, and white filmmaking. Shroud. Oh yeah. Um, and Turn so, horse, whatever. and essentially this movie, it's about two guys in a lighthouse for a month and kind of how they progressively lose it and lose sanity. And that said, it feels a lot like there's this Australian film, Wake and Fright, um, which Elric came, one of my shockwaves co-hosts pointed out to me as soon as we got out or like it's got deliverance notes or there's this Belgian film, Calvare. Um, anytime that you are sticking a group of guys isolated in very isolated area, um, this, yeah, the thing, (laughs) um, but this gets even, well, no, it doesn't get as weird as the thing. There's no aliens. I will say there's no aliens, but that said, it feels like for bulk of the movie, nothing happens. Like, whereas the witch, and it's weird to say the witch was just action packed, (laughs) full of excitement, a minute no but compared to the witch i mean like nothing happens in this movie and then in the past the last like 20 minute it blows up so it's like lighthouse work lighthouse work flash of mermaid sex lighthouse lighthouse work insanity and so you're just watching this guy like shovel coal for an hour before something absolutely fucking nuts happens so um, that said, I'm not sure I will call it horror at the end of the year oh, because there okay. is so little. Whereas The Witch, I mean, you at least had like crazy crow scene and 
baptized babies being turned into weird flying right. ointment moments. This, there's not as much of that. But wasn't The Lighthouse, I, it was never positioned as a horror movie. I don't think so, yeah. but it's being, I'll say, ravenously sold to horror fans. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think just based off the success right. of The Witch. And right. it does have moments of, what the fuck did I just see? Um, but you never really get a full picture. So whereas in The Witch, it kind of, you know, leans into it at moments. We do get a lot of Black Phillip action. There's no Black Phillip in this. There's a very um, pesterous seagull, but that's about as as intense as (laughs) it gets. (laughs) On the scale of seagulls, where does he sit compared to um, Steven Seagull from The Shallows? I love Steven Seagull (laughs) in The Shallows. I nominated him. Oh my God, The Shallows is amazing. No, anything with a shark in it. I swear. (laughs) I'm a big shark fan. If this had had a shark in it, I would probably love it a lot more. (laughs) Um, But did have some mermaid sex so cool for that um but the seagull is not as good as the shallow seagull see not still not sold on the lighthouse yeah i find the aspect ratio ostentatious (laughs) (laughs) i will agree with you there no and i do um it's one of these movies where i walked out and i go how the fuck did this get made because like you it's one of these movies where you could tell that a24 really really liked what he did with the witch and how well it did for them and (laughs) so they were just like whatever you want to do now you just go do your thing how much you need we'll just write you that check and so it really does feel like that at moments but that said i mean like people were cheering at the end of it like people were loving it i kind of walked out going i do not even know how he pitched this thing do you feel like when you left the movie you saw a movie made by him because i didn't love midsummer but when i walked out i was like okay i just watched I'm blanking Ari Aster. 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 Yes, yeah. I just Ari watched Aster. an Ari Aster film. No, I wanted to edit Midsummer, but I felt <laughs> I did feel leave feeling like I'd watched an Ari Aster yeah, film. Yeah, so you I felt s- that way about Eggers? So. Yeah, it okay. felt like an Eggers film, but I am firm in the belief that um, a horror movie, well, movies should not be above 90 minutes unless it's like right Ben Hur, maybe Citizen Kane gets a pass, Uh-oh. but most of the My time I'm like, I'm like, you clip that shit, man, you clip that shit. <laughs> I'll let you go up to a hundred, but if I have to use the bathroom more than twice during the movie, you have to every minute over a hundred. You have to earn, sir. You have to earn to that. Earn that so, extra bathroom break. Yes, and um, so yeah, the midsummer was a bit. It was a bit long for me, but I felt the same way it about the new long. Suspiria, where I was just like, Although I did like that a lot. More. I did too. There was a lot to it that I really enjoyed. Not oh. as much as the original. That's still like you know locked away in my heart. But um, no, that was another one where I was kind of we, we could have shaved ten minutes off that. <laughs> it would have been good. <laughs> While you're here, I need to p- I need to pick your brain about shark horror really quick. Shark horse? Shark shark <laughs> horror. Okay, I can talk horror, about either. Aquatic horror. So okay. I've always wondered, does it scare you, or you just because you love it so much? Oh I know it's your god, favorite no, it subgenre. Me. It, does it still? scare Oh my you? god! Yeah, no, okay. I think that's why I love it so much because I grew up on the water. My parents, um, we grew up. My my house is on the Shenandoah River. My parents still live there. And the Shenandoah River is not like nice, slow, sleeping, you know, decline where you can like go wading. It's uh-huh. like 30 feet down straight off the dock and it's Oof. swift. And we have very large Yikes. fish in there and alligator gar and four feet long catfish and leeches and things like Jesus that. Shit. So, yeah, I grew up swimming <laughs> it's like in Trump's this. moat. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I grew up swimming in that. And and it's real um, silty. So and we have red clay. It's a red clay base. So the water's so you can't kind of see shit. no. You like can't blood. see shit. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just that's murky, what terrifies me about bodies of water. Right. I, if I can't see it, lakes actually terrify me more than oceans because lakes can be calm, and that's 
fucking terrifying to this, me. This the river is never calm. I will say that. Like it's a swift moving river, but you learn really early to kind of like how to wade and swim against it. But you will never see your feet when you're in there mm-hmm. and knowing mm-hmm. that even mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. your feet end, there's another like mm-hmm. twenty feet of space beneath you. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up with that literally like maybe thirty yards from my door and um swimming in it. And so I always had this absolute love hate with okay. the water. So it does. Where okay, I've always it was wondered that everything but it it terrified me to no end. And the first time I saw a leech on myself, I was fascinated and horrified simultaneously. Uh-huh. I left it there for an hour before telling my parents because <laughs> okay. I was so fascinated <laughs> by it. And eventually I told my dad, but I sat there and poked at it and watched it for like an hour before I wow. went and told it was my like parents. Yeah. It was like, well, <laughs> but yeah, I've always wanted me. to ask you about your love for aquatic horror and if it was, if it still scared you. Oh God. Yeah. And I would live in the middle of the ocean. I've already told my husband, I want to be completely just dump my ashes in the ocean. I love it so much, but I'm still one of those people that like, as soon as it's slightly over my knees and seaweed brushes my foot, I'm immediately <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> so, yeah. That's how I am too. I don't go in the water. Yeah, it's a pool. But I'm so fascinated with it. Like, if I am at the gym doing anything that is not horror related, I'm watching a documentary on giant squid. And I feel like at least once a week, I see someone tweet something aquatic related to you. Which I love. (laughs) um, Because right now, aquatic horror is getting made on the giant, giant, I have like $50 million scale, but we're not seeing much on the smaller scale. So every single time I go out and pitch it, it's always like, well, we're not really doing things like this. I want to spend a lot more money. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so yeah, I um, but I love when people tweet it at me because it kind of it fills my void. Okay, good. for aquatic stuff. So, okay. Yeah, I've always wondered, so I thought I'd ask while you were here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is while we have you. Mm-hmm. So that was the lighthouse in a roundabout way. Yes, I love it. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, what's more roundabout than the lighthouse? <laughs> <laughs> True that. Um, I have one title and then a couple things before we talk about the movie, but the title. I really want to talk about. Look, I watched several new movies from this year, this week, but the one thing that really blew my mind was I watched the original Battle Royale from 2000. Oh, you did? I'd never How seen have it before. you never seen this? It just, it Isn't missed it wild? me. Wow. Um, I was a child when it came out, so I wasn't ready. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, <laughs> um, He's but, still like a fetus. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm so smooth. Baby face. Um, but it really blew my mind. I mean, it's I wild, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I knew you know sort of what I was going in for. I'd mm-hmm. seen when the Hunger Games came out; it was like, oh, Battle Royale is you know being ripped off by the Hunger Games. Um, for those who don't know, it's this ba- like junior high or like our equivalent of like ninth grade, like yeah. a class of like fourteen, 14 fifteen year olds, year olds yeah. um, in Japan who are like basically kidnapped and put on this remote island, and they have three days to murder each other, and the person who survives gets to leave. Um, and it is incredibly hyper-violent, mm-hmm. but that is not all that it is. It's a super, it's a whip smart movie. Yeah. Um, the central metaphor about the kind of heightened emotions of that age writ large in this kind of violent arena is a really beautiful and powerful metaphor. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff folded into it. There's a lot of stuff about the fragility of trust Mm -hmm. where five like pacifist girlfriends who are just trying to survive, tear each other apart when there's like one small shred of doubt as to the motives, like their motives. And it's just, it's really go for the throat. Um, It's incredibly stylish. There's a lot of, 
text on the screen in a really interesting way. Like just random lines will kind of appear as a title card and just give you a small glimpse into this crazy rich backstory from some, for some character you've never really thought to think about. Mm. It was just, it was really, really good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really liked it. I remember wanting to show that at the time when that came out. It was like 2000, wasn't it? Yeah, I yeah. think it yeah. was 2000. Um, I was still teaching mm. high school. Yeah, that was a thing. Ooh. I taught high school for oh, two shit. years. I, I taught, um, yeah, film, dance, and honors English at an art school right outside of D.C. Right. And um, at the time, I was remember teaching Lord of the Flies and being like, I oh, really amazing. just want to show this. And I couldn't. But I was <laughs> yeah. like, you should all go home and watch this and not tell your parents that your mm-hmm. teacher told you to go watch it. But it's totally <laughs> apropos for this. So, yeah. It is. And just yeah. the idea of, um, I mean, the, you know, the 8 billion metaphors in it, but one that really struck me as well is like the idea of it's, it, it, it is the school system. Like it's adults are creating this system that kids have no control over and they're just forced to tear each other apart. Mm-hmm. Like it's all a competition. It's, it's really good. It's, good. it's a good movie. It is. Um, the Hunger <laughs> Games, I mean, I remember when everybody was saying that it ripped it off. And I don't think that it did exactly, but it is definitely a watered-down vanilla version of Battle Royale. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm not trying to, you know, stake the Hunger Games. It's a good movie, but Battle Royale is a perfect movie. It is. <laughs> so, um, and real quick, before we move on, um, friend of the show, Ryan Larson, has oh. been doing a super special October. Oh, yes, he has. Because, uh, you know, like a lot of horror people who are very intense um do the 31 days of halloween <laughs> i do do you really yeah, yeah. yeah i'm doing 31 deep are you cuts really? 31 awesome. horror deep cuts awesome. are you watching them or just no sh- it's yeah, all see, you're stuff just i've sharing already them. seen okay, yeah. you're sharing i'm just sharing like, you know, i don't have that much these folks time. are watch, <laughs> watching <laughs> these, one a night yeah. ryan's watching one and oh right? wow um, i thought about it i was like wait i can't <laughs> and he decided to do all films from the Queer Wolf catalog I know, that, that we have oh, talked about. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I told him if you sent me a shady summary of the movies he's been watching, I'd read them on the show. Please do. So this is going to air a little out of order, but th- this is the first set that he has sent me. Okay, so we start with The Fan. Um, the Fan is a movie in which Michael Bean starts as every straight dude on Instagram and turns into a guy who's salivating for Todd Phillips' Joker. And Lauren Bacall teases us with the worst <laughs> musical never seen and teases him by kissing everyone but him. That's a long one. It is, I, it's pretty good. He, he's uh, truncated them at this point. Um, bound, Gina Gershon's tattoos are as bad as this movie is good. <laughs> um, Death Becomes Her solidifies two things I've known forever. Rich white people are the worst, and Bruce Willis has looked 50 since he was 30. <laughs> um, and he he sent me his shady summary of The Lost Boys before he even watched it that night. Um, but it's a movie that is so good, it's the only time you would ever actually want to be friends with Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> so he really took the shade to heart. These were these yeah, some, that last one especially. Yeah, they were pretty savage. Um, I think that's everything. Sorry, my notes are truly out of control i was so excited for this episode um, which we mentioned what you're wearing oh yeah, oh, yeah. good call Darren. I mean, yeah i i walked in and I, I hadn't met brandon before and he's from the waist up it's just a red v-neck t-shirt mm-hmm. waist down a classic waist down red fishnets no just call me dr everett scott uh no more really the style i'm trying to work for dr brennan everett scott brennan <laughs> sure. dr. everett scott i just like the uh the surprise element of just, I, just the lower half i commented on the way to the bathroom that he really works those heels like way better i don't do heels he's like a pro in them so well done i mean years of theater Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Little Shop of Horrors, and I played the original Broadway role of like the dentist who plays. Oh no, kidding! The person who 
I didn't play the, the oh my god. So on Broadway, the dentist plays every other minor character, mm-hmm. and, and he in, sings that really fast song too. Yeah, don't be fooled if I should chuckle like her. Zena, Zena, yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, that was it. me. Yeah. So I had to swap between one male character to a female character to a third, second male character, and so it was like quick change, running across the stage in heels, delivering like a super fast song, and then running back. So wow, nice. got a lot of practice. Anyway, I love um, learning new things about Brennan. <laughs> I am full I, of mysteries. I hear the past. Pasadena Playhouse production is incredible, by the way. I want to see it. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Really? I've seen the billboards for that. They M- have them up around yeah, USC. MJ Rodriguez yes. from Pose plays Audrey. Mm-hmm. No shit. And apparently oh, she, there's a clip on Twitter of her singing Suddenly Seymour and you cry. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's, um, she's really powerful. Wow. I oh, watch shit. Is that going on right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's there for a few more weeks. Matt Wilkes, who plays the dentist in it. Um, and I, hear, I hear he's incredible. He's, I, always, he's always brilliant. Oh, yeah. He's Matt great. Wilkes. Yeah. He, oh, Gus Kenworthy's ex-boyfriend? Yes. Yeah, yeah. he's great. I saw oh, him yeah. play at the Celebration Theater he's always this great. summer, yeah. and he wrote it. It was fucking oh. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, he's a funny dude. Yeah, he's really funny. I didn't know they broke up. Yeah, I, yeah, I believe they did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I had I, my boyfriend told me that recently, and I had to look it up on Wikipedia. Uh, I was like, fine. This seems, and Matt seems is, true. Matt has a show on YouTube with his friend Dan. Uh, Dan who did your reading. Yeah, who did my table read mm-hmm. last. Oh. I had a sitcom table read. Mm-hmm. Uh, a comedy table read that I was trying to shop and Daniel did my table read and he was amazing. I love their, their comedy series. It's hilarious. It's really funny. You guys should find it. Yeah. I, what is it called? I can't remember I the name. Know. I think it's called Matt and Dan. Matt and yeah. Dan. Matt and Dan? Dan? Yeah. yeah. Straight up Amanda. They're really funny. Yeah. Um, and very handsome. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Hollywood. <laughs> um, but yes, so yeah, Matt Wilkes' Instagram, there's a full video of MJ Rodriguez singing Suddenly Seymour. Oh, so you wow. should check that out. Okay. okay. Um, but let's uh, let's get started. I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer for Rocky Horror, Please. and then we can start talking. We're doing Rocky Horror Picture Show, everybody. You've seen all kinds of movies, but you've never seen anything like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Another area that sounds actively bored. Like that guy who seemed like he hated Carrie. Is wonderfully weird. They're probably foreigners with ways different than our own. It's fabulously freaky. Yeah, you get it. We'll talk about it. Um, but before we really get into the meat of it, do we have shady summaries prepared, or in this case, summaries? <laughs> I have a summary, but it's not shady. Okay. I have some shady. Ones, Ooh, okay. So. Oh, you do. Well, oh, um, more of they they throw shade. Okay. Um, my well, my first one that I started with was. Um, Cannibal aliens are the one percent, but then I realized that's also the summary for society. (laughs) Um, So I was like, "Hey, they're kind of connected." And then um, I was talking with my husband, so I can't claim take claim to this. This is a total Dave, and his was just meatloaf appears in the film. (laughs) And then I was like, "I I feel like we need to offer like a precursor to that as like corporate media whore." Our um, conservative media whore Meatloaf appears in the film. I, think that <laughs> as well. um, I also, because mine are very direct, the choreographer dies in the third act. <laughs> and then watch the sequel. It's a little better, but I love the original. Oh, I'm with you there on yeah. Shock Treatment. But you think Shock Treatment's better than Rocky Horror? A little bit. Oh, boy. At least little compositionally. Ooh, Music. I, I want to see a We'll get into that well, yeah. later. <laughs> we're going to, a year from now, yes. if we're all still together. I'm a purist. I'm a purist, I guess. Bring no, and I, I love Rocky so much, which is about to um, come out in an exuberant, shrill uh, way throughout the next hour. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, Shock Treatment, I honestly think, is the smarter movie um, to a degree. And I think that the music's better. Okay. So. I 
I don't agree about the music. I think the music in Rocky is iconic. Yeah. But, but, but I, but I do think that shock treatment, the new wave of it all is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the me of me, that song is, is so, is so, oh, yeah. is so, is so, is so like eighties and fun. little black dress is like my jam. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're just really experimenting with the camera in that one. Oh, yeah. No, it's just, that's part of my love of it. And it feels like reality television before reality oh, television you're right. okay. it's ahead of its really time. a thing. And it feels very ahead of its time. Yeah. The Rocky but, is just... Okay, yeah. Sorry, wait. Fishing pole? Or okay, we're cool, it back, cool. We're going back. back. We'll start uh, with I'm the like, original. I'm ready for just to listen to these two. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back, drink my coconut, my <laughs> oh, Wait, Michael, what's your... <laughs> My summary is just the movie responsible for my first nude searching on the internet. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> Naughty. Wait, who? Rocky. Oh, oh duh, wow. Duh. And yes, yeah. he does have nudes. Just Barry Bostwick. From the 70s. Yeah. You know, watching it last night, because I watched it again last night, he's so goddamn handsome. Yeah. In very. I never very. thought that before. For no. When I, the, the character yeah. right. is not handsome. Right. No, and Barry right. Bostwick is handsome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, the character himself. I mean, they, he's very much a dullard in yeah. it. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it was just not a um a, a very intelligent role, but he's yeah. quite lovely. But yeah, his first, pack, his package and his white underwear. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, <laughs> right. Was that Brian just goes, whoa? I mean, yeah. I don't. Think it's hard so. to tell. I don't think so. <laughs> and it's got that little lightning bolt on yeah. it. And you can kind of see. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, responsible for my first nude internet search and responsible for an hour long search last night. Ooh. <laughs> so you were trying to find the same picture again? Yeah, so oh I was like, God. is this? I feel vaguely reminiscent that I was Googling Rocky and then I would, last night I didn't. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> like 20 years ago. Like, I'm going to get back in touch with the feeling I had many years ago. So, I have three. Yeah. These aren't really okay. shady. I don't know what they are. Don't need to be. Okay, so the first one just says. <clears throat> The sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania now lives in the mouse house. <laughs> I just think it's really weird yeah. that Disney now owns Rocky Horror. It's super weird. My second one is, from a studio that brought you the sound of music in Star Wars comes an orgiastic, sadomasochistic, <laughs> punk rock phantasmagoria. I like that. Ooh, I yeah. like that one That's a lot, a too. It's a beautiful composition. Yeah. Yes, because fuck Fox. I, I want to. I was okay, going to ask yeah. everybody a question. Okay, we'll get back to that. Yeah. And my, that. my last one is just simply Tim Curry. Period. Right. That mm. that's really enough. Which is absolutely crazy because um, my babysitter who is watching my kids while I am here doing the show Yay, lives thanks, next. Babysitter. She lives next to Tim Curry. No what? Shit. Yeah. What? She lives. Ne- I won't say where. Unless yeah. yeah. but, no, uh, but, <laughs> but she. I've never lives, been there. She lives next to Tim Curry, and um, I did not realize that until one night. She she's only like seventeen, and I was dropping her off one night, and um, he, he was getting out of his car and, and going like, in, and I literally straight. stopped. I was like, is that fucking Tim Curry? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, that's my neighbor. And she's like 17 and it means nothing, nothing to, to her. her. He's yeah. just the old like, guy who not lives even right. door. Yeah, like, that, that's not even Rocky Horror. And right. she's just like, yeah, he lives next door. I don't know. He's got like a lot of statues in his yard. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. Like, redif- <laughs> redif- <laughs> like trying to resist getting out of There's the car like and running out to him. Columbia. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, are they all Medusas? <laughs> I judge people by which movie they like of yours. So yeah, it's amazing which is I'm an internet so man but it's totally true i'm so used to his comedy mm-hmm. i forget about him in this movie like if i think of tim curry i think of like it clue or like clue mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. stuff i forget how great his voice is mm-hmm. yeah he can fucking sing he's uh. amazing and you what well i grew up on the worst witch and yeah. he mm. belts the shit out of some it's halloween in that he's got and a great boy yes mm-hmm. he's wonderful have you heard a song do the rock 
Wow. I, know. I do the rock. It's incredible. They used to play it before Rocky at the New Art when I would go there out for midnights back in. Oh, no kidding. Many years ago. <laughs> um, I saw him on Broadway in Spamly. 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 Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, is just like an amazing singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but my first question was yeah. going to be because you brought up Disney yes. and then Fox. Say this movie didn't exist. Would it, get, would it get made by a studio today? No way. I don't no think way, so. Right? No, no way. not well, in its current form. It, yeah. um, Did it get made by a studio in 1975? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 But apparently Alan Ladd came in and he hated it. He's mm-hmm. like, it was already in production. It was already moving ahead. And he had to just do He would never Let would it have given, given it the green light. And they always thought that it was going to be a total flop. Mm-hmm. Even the director and Richard O'Brien thought that it was going to be a total flop until it became a thing in the way really started doing the mm-hmm. midnight showings. Uh-huh. And that's when it became like a, oh my gosh, guess what they're doing with the movie. Mm-hmm. And then it became a big thing, largely headed by Sal Piero. I mean, it's still making money that way today. Yeah. And you know, it's, so, it's funny because I, I think it would be, be interesting to hear how we each discovered Rocky mm-hmm. Horror. That's oh, yeah. I think that'll be, we can start with what you're doing though about it. Wait, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to wrap up Shady Summaries because yeah. I have. Oh, that's oh, right. sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. sorry. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> sorry, B. Um, no, it's okay. Um, well, I have mine and then I have the one from the Facebook group. Oh, yes. Um, but mine is anyone who calls this the worst movie ever made needs to watch more movies. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, and then one from our Facebook group, Attack of the Queer Wolf Pack. It's by Samantha Johnson. You'll be horny for someone, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. That is true. It's a really, really good, good. Yeah. Really good. It was multiply oh. horny last night. Ooh. <laughs> Rocky Horror made yeah. you hor- Rocky made you horny last night. Yeah. It did its job. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Just Rocky or Rocky. No, the movie. When I say Rocky, I mean the movie. The movie, but Rocky, Brad. Mm-hmm. Brad. I can see Brad doing it. Rick Susan Brad. Sarandon. And I'm like, everyone's I'm hot. Kinsey, I'm Kinsey six. Yeah. See, yeah. I was all about some Columbia. Like <laughs> she, yeah. she is hot. Yeah. Interesting. Even, um, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, even Magenta's hot. I mean, yeah. that's sure. who I always played in that's both cool. the the shadow casting and the the live music. Amazing. Yeah. Richard O'Brien's sexy in his own way. Mm-hmm. I mean, every, me, I think Meat Loaf's sexy. I, I love all the entire cast. It, yeah. It it depends on how how far your like kind of seventies. Uh, tastes extend, mm-hmm. but yes, I think that's why everyone's sexy to me mm-hmm. is because of the time. Yeah, 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 and like oh, super the helps. sexual yeah. like freedom they were feeling. Because I was thinking about that last night. Like this is a movie in seventy five, and I was thinking about like it sounds stupid, but I was thinking about Curry and Boswick and a lot of their scenes, and like I'm actually like pleasantly surprised their careers weren't ruined. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, just because of like the daring choices that were made in this film in the 70s well even in the film itself because the 70s was all about like pushing the envelope Mm -hmm. i'm gonna outdo this person you want to see the grossest most horrible (laughs) heinous exploitive and uncensored (laughs) bullshit it's up on this screen right here and then to have this thing that is giving so much love and appreciation to these kind of squeaky clean films of the 1950s that just was not done yet ahead of its time because we didn't really start referencing the 50s until we start getting into the punk culture of the 80s really throws back or the late 70s throws back to the 50s so this was kind of predecessing that but really referencing these films that at the time everybody else was really trying to push as far away from as possible and you know what's interesting about that too like those sex scenes in silhouette in the boudoirs so great they thought they were being 
um, demure mm-hmm. by doing it in silhouette, and they're actually quite kinky and oh, like yeah. they are and very erotic. Yes, you know what I mean. So guess what? Doesn't matter if it's in silhouette; it's still super. Well, also explicit. it leads it's so like, much really more to the imagination. I, I also think it's sexier and more explicit mm-hmm. in that way mm-hmm. too. Because no, totally. you can get away with. You're watching a blowjob, but you're not seeing it. You're hearing the yeah. sound, yeah. but you're and hearing, you're hearing it. Yeah. You think you're seeing it. Because they got away with yeah. a lot with that with those sounds. Yeah. Come, when he goes, coming. coming. Yeah. yeah. Like, take, that, <laughs> take that curtain away. You don't show any of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, it's just great. And you hear him, like, when, you, when he goes back onto the <laughs> onto the cock. Can you say that on the show? Yeah. 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 You can hear that sound. Yeah. That you hear <laughs> Oh. I don't recall that Jinx. sound, guys. Now you I better rewatch that scene. Because, uh, I, like, I literally such a did, beautiful sound. I did scene. like a <laughs> laugh like that. I and was Brian like, oh. was like, and I'm like, sorry, it's just funny and it's great <laughs> at the same time. And I think there's no more perfect scene that evokes that kind of feeling in the movie than the complete mistake in I Will Make You a Man where he's tracing down Rocky's treasure trail and there's that random beep like on the synth. Mm-hmm. It just goes beep. <laughs> and it was not supposed to be there, but it's perfect. It works. I totally get what that synth wants to be doing. <laughs> well, his belly button also looks like artificial in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It works. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's very sculpted. Yeah. Oh, and just real quick, speaking of sexy things, um, I have a clip I want to share really quick. Um, moderator Mama of our Attack of the Queer Wolf Pack, BJ Colangelo. Hi, BJ. Um, I love you. I love BJ. She couldn't not be a part of this episode in some way. I think we make her a part of the show at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As much as we can. BJ, when are you coming to LA again? Come see us. <laughs> but yeah, she uh, straight by airmail from Ohio. Um, here is a short clip of her playing Columbia in Oh, no a- kidding showcase i believe like a musical theater cabaret showcase or something and just for the record um listen to the way that bj talks is not the way that her mouth is going to move in this clip it's out of control hold on it's loading right now oh my god okay Just wanted to share that. With <laughs> I love oh, it. I love her so much. I do too. <laughs> Wonderful. I played Columbia once. I have a picture. I brought. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, you brought it. You yeah, I brought pictures. pictures I brought a whole okay. bunch of pictures okay, on my phone. I love that. So, yeah. Okay, good. I was I was looking for old pictures, but they're on some hard drive. I have to dig them out. Yeah, I had to take pictures of them in my scrapbook, so it's literally nice. a picture of a picture. But that's the best I got right <laughs> now because that was like twenty years ago. So yeah, happy to, happy to be here. Yeah. Um. So what is everyone's first encounter with Rocky? Let's start with Darren because okay. you picked this. Mm-hmm. Why is it so yes. central? Um. <clears throat> when I was like seven or eight, I guess I saw a poster for the Rocky Horror Picture Show at a theater in Woodland Hills. I grew up in Encino, you know, in, in Los Angeles. I always was drawn to horror, you know, as a little kid. I inexplicably just liked dark, you know. I was into glam. Mm. I was really specifically into the collision of glamour and darkness. Which is why Dracula appeals to me in Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm. So I saw the poster with a, with a lip, those glamorous lips, the mm-hmm. bleeding letters, which is which I also use on Dracula. And I was and it was called the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So it had horror, rock, you know, it had so many glamour because because I hadn't seen any imagery that, that melded glamour and horror before. And I was I was seven or eight, so I couldn't go see it. But I I, I had my parents get me the record from um, oh. the warehouse on Ventura mm-hmm. Ventura Boulevard. Got the record. It was the Roxy cast. It was not even the the movie. The movie is before the movie. It was early, I guess. The Roxy cast was incredible. Um, and then 
I just got the book, the Rocky Horror Picture Club fan book from okay. B. Dalton Bookshop, <laughs> which, which is how I joined the Tim Curry fan club because you can get on, in uh-huh. the fan club for that book. And that's how I learned about Sal Piro and Dory Hartley, who was playing Frank in, at the A Street Playhouse, and just became wildly obsessed with the movie through this book and through um, the soundtrack. You know, and then my neighbor Jordan Cole down the street, who's actually Zombie Joe from Zombie Joe's Underground. Oh my god, oh, I wow. know Zombie yeah. Joe so yeah. well. I'm going to see the show next oh, week. Oh, well, great! Shout out yeah. to Jordan. Well, Jordan lived on one side of the cul-de-sac, and I was on the other side. So we both had our. We were making fil- <laughs> like horror films in our weird little fantastical worlds that you know we we kind of had our like fiefdoms or whatever. <laughs> um, and Jordan had a bootleg somehow Beta Max, a Beta Max is before VHS of Rocky Horror. And and I remember seeing it the first time at his parents' house when I was probably ten or eleven. No, I would say eight or nine or ten. Like very very young. And it was one of those screens that had the red, the, the red, blue, and green projection system, mm-hmm. so it was kind of gauzy. Uh-huh. I remember seeing Dawn of the Dead that way too. You know, some early films that way, and just you know being completely just ravished by it. Like I, I just adored it. But then the other thing, and this is almost over, is that my dad took me to a, du- a double feature of Urban Cowboy. And fame, wow! At the at the um man, interesting at, at the Man Valley West. This is back in you know back in the eighties. They had double features. Yeah, and Urban Cowboy I loved because it was just like cowboys and the hot cowboys and Deborah. Wing- I'm Deborah Winger in a cowboy hat. How could you not love that, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and Mechanical Bulls, and then and then Fame came on. Okay, and Fame oh. took me there. And there's that, <laughs> but, but then there's that whole mi- middle section of Fame where they go see the Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Eighth Street Playhouse. And Sal Piro is saying, give me an R, give me an O. What does that, that spell? Rocky. And you get to see the whole um, audience participation experience. And they show the whole beginning scene when they, they crash the car, they walk up to the house, the audience takes out their papers and they mm-hmm. shoot you know, the rain in the air with their water guns. <clears throat> and so my, my real gateway to Rocky was through the movie Fame. Wow. More than interesting. anything. Yeah, more yeah. than anything. Isn't that interesting? That's yeah, cool. That's super cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Mine's um yeah. I could mine mine is a very long tumultuous journey but um I first <laughs> saw it when I was in high school, um, my senior year of high school, I got chicken pox. And I'm one of those people that they talk about when they talk about why you should get your kid the chicken pox vaccine because I was 17 by the time I got it and I had it so bad I ended up having to be hospitalized overnight. It was in my lungs. Oh um my it was oh my under God. my fingernails and what? under my eyelids. Um it was like just the older you get them the worse they are. Right, and right. so it was it was awful. And I was home from school for two weeks with it after I got out of the hospital. And um during that time, my mom, um, my parents had always let me watch horror. Like I'd never been a censored child. The rule in my house was as long as I had straight A's, I could watch whatever I want. Like they I didn't have a curfew and I was never censored in any capacity. And um, so mom would just go every day and rent me like five more movies um to watch the next day. And my jam <laughs> since birth basically has always been horror. And musicals. Yes, and so, me too. This yeah. is why we're, we, this, we're friends. This is why we hang out. Mm-hmm. And so um, every day I was just like, more horror, more musicals. And one of the days she brought home Rocky Horror. And I had heard of it. Um, and I had, um, by that time, I'd acquired some of the something uh, incredibly strange movies books. And there was one that mentioned Rocky. And I'd also got some of the video watchdog books. And it was talked about in there. And so I'd read enough about it. And I was really excited to see it. And I think I probably watched it four times oh. before I let her return it. I was wow. mesmerized by it. So then um, fast forward six months later, I've 
completely recovered from that chicken pock bout. And I'm now um, at the uh, kind of informational club fair when I first get to Virginia Tech College. And I don't know anybody at the college. A couple of people from my high school are there, but I don't really have any friends. And so I was like, I'm going to go join some clubs. And I was um, a dancer and all of my dancer friends were like joining sororities and wanted me to go join these sororities. And I remember going to kind of the club fair and the sororities were over here. And then over in the corner, I see one lonely guy sitting with a banner that says Rocky Horror Picture Show fan club. And I had a moment of like, do I? And I went and joined the Rocky Horror Picture Show fan club. And um, my sophomore year, I was president of it. Oh, my God. And um, played Magenta. Um, I ended up winning um, the East Coast Convention for Best Performances Trixie, like the East Coast National Convention. That led me to one of my first choreography gigs. I was um, choreographing for a um, drag club out of Roanoke, Virginia called The Park. Um, which and I'd met some of the performers through the Rocky Horror Picture Show fan club. And then I, I was working with all of them and I had all of my theater and dancer friends. And I was like, why don't we actually put on the stage show? And so I convinced my university to let oh me produce God. and direct oh the stage show. Cool. And we did like a three week run Dude, of it. That's so cool. Um, so yeah. And then I stayed really involved with it um, all the way up through like my entire college career um, up until I moved to New York. And it's only recently that I've like stopped going every couple of months and even still for my birthday this year um i'm making the guys from um shockwaves come with me because oh, ryan cool. and uh or um rob and elric have never been they've, they've seen the movie been. but they've, they've never seen it they've okay. never seen a live screening wow like, yeah straight men are boring <laughs> i know and they're they're always like well what do you do there and i'm like it's transcendent and they're yeah. like no what you just like throw stuff at the screen and i'm like no it's fucking trans it's a serial motherfuckers yeah. just be ready to get there and be open yeah. to stuff I mean, you're gonna yeah, scream oh, yeah. stuff and y'all aren't gonna know what you're doing but that's fine virgins <laughs> yeah and becca yeah. will not cut you slack <laughs> <for being virgin. laughs> so, but yeah. it's, it's interesting that the <sighs> you know the uh callback culture began in downtown new york in the village was Sal Mineo. And do you know who was part of that clique back then? Howard Ashman, who wrote Little Oh my gosh. Really? Oh my gosh. He was, there's a, there's so a movie. Many full circles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know, right? <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a movie they're trying to make that never got made, which is a great script that I read, a feature film script called Creatures of the Night. Mm. And it's about this clique in New York. Oh, and, and it's about how Rocky became. Of cult phenomenon, oh. and it's fascinating. And Howard Ashman's character in the in the in the screenplay. Um, but when I, my parents brought me to New York for the first time, I was like, I don't know, ten or eleven or something. I wanted to see the A Street Playhouse because I knew that's where Rocky mm-hmm. was playing every. And I knew my parents would never take me at midnight because I was like eight or nine or ten or whatever it was. But I saw it. I saw the. All I needed to see was I saw the marquee, and that was enough. That was cool, just seeing the lips and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know. No, Rocky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. no, they were my family all through college. Yeah. I mean, like it, it was the best group I could have ever been with. And I still keep touch with all of them. I've gone back to see some of the shows that they've done before Amazing. I moved out to L.A. and became part of the other side of the country. <laughs> but even still, whenever they do Kickstarters, I always contribute like anything I can do to help them. I love them. So. How about yeah. you guys? How about you guys? Yeah. My experience isn't nearly as deep dive <laughs> as both of you. Mine was literally similar to you. It was <laughs> not being homesick. It was just being a freshman in college and ditching class <laughs> and hearing a couple girls earlier in the week. I didn't really know the movie. I knew it existed, but I didn't know the movie. But hearing a couple girls while on a smoke break talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show and they were talking about Rocky being hot and just like the mo- the movie just being kind of hot and yeah. <clears throat> punk and different and stuff so i rarely ever went to class 
and decided while my roommate was gone, I was in the closet then. So while my roommate was gone, I knew it was quote unquote gay. So I like went to video connection in my, at my university, which was like a two block walk from my dorm. And I brought it back to my dorm and I watched it for the first time alone in my dorm on like a nine inch television. Oh uh, my God. With the VCR underneath, like in, yeah, in into the TV, the TV yeah. and just being like, holy shit. Like probably a moment of one of the early moments of being like, yeah, I'm really gay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, definitely now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Internet search that same day. Wow. (laughs) And thus we've come full circle. I didn't have a computer in high school. So I had late Google. Dude, I got the two Not even Google. What was I using? What did you use then? AOL? Yeah, because I remember um, our our fan club that we had in college was run by this amazing guy, Robert, who I love dearly, who was the main guy who like got the university to let us do the musical and everything. And um, I remember him giving us these printouts of the callbacks and being like, where did you get these from? Did you have to order these from some Uh bookshop? Mm -hmm. But and then I realized that you could find these online and that opened up this whole world for me <laughs> of like wait you can just look this shit up yeah. and yeah it was yeah it was college huge. Was for me in a lot of ways the yeah. callbacks were in that book that i got and i almost brought it tonight i should have brought that book with me because i found it again online i, I take images it. and post them yeah images of yes yes yeah but we should all go around also and say our favorite callback lines oh my god yeah. really, oh, i, I have mine written down um, <laughs> i know mine actually it's so obscure and weird I'm so ready. Sorry. Um, but no, I'm just, I'm imagining you like run.exe slash Peter Hinwood's dick. Oh yeah. <laughs> Running to like a fucking computer lab. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> like wow. sitting in the wow. back yeah. left back but corner. Before they had the no parental one could go controls. Behind me. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. My but, university didn't have them then. Uh-huh. Those gold lame undies were so hot. Though. They were. Oh yeah. yeah. They were gold. I, yeah. I was I thinking red. No, they were gold. No, they were definitely gold. And then when Tim Curry's like fucking that like. The pommel oh, horse. The pommel yeah. horse. Yeah. What he's like that thrusting. Was that was so like hot. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I love when he is mummified. Yeah. And it's oh, in, he's, oh, he's in liquid. Him. Yeah. But I just love that he's in water. Right. And then the, the color rainbow colors yeah. are going down, but clearly like the glass just changes color. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then he comes out and he's dry. I don't know yeah. why I love that every <laughs> yeah. single time, but yeah. every time I ask whoever I'm with while watching, I'd be like, how is he dry? But they've been dumping like purple happen. hearts and yeah. yellow stars uh-huh. and on I just him. love it so yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. Science. Yeah. But then it did. You you were researching nudie pics. I think I um, definitely had to look up who Lazarus was because my parents never went to church or anything. I daughter of ex-hippie. So like we never had religion. So I had to be like, who or Damocles. I had to be mm-hmm. like, who's Damocles? And what was his no, sword? I was looking up penis. Yeah. <laughs> I was like going into my mom's closet looking for fishnets. <laughs> <laughs> when I was like 10. Perfect. And she didn't have any. Oh, Just taupe. So just taupe. Boring taupe. Tights or? Taupe. No, that's the color. The, you know, no, 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 that's well, like the eggshell legs. Yeah, they, 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 they were legs. Like reinforced toe and the control legs. top. Like yeah. opaque. A, t- a control top is not a vision. Those are what I call my look. teaching pantyhose. Yeah. I've got yeah. the pantyhose, pantyhose I wear out. I was trying out. to think of that word. Yeah, pantyhose. But guess what? I still wore them. Nice. <laughs> you you gotta use oh yeah, I did it. Reinforced yeah. toe oh, totally. all the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, look, I'm wearing tights right now. Reinforced toe is so important, isn't it? Because I was talking with him about this in the hallway. My gripe with fishnets was always that your toes poke through, and right. my little toe would get caught in the fishnet. Oh yeah, and yeah. then it feels uncomfortable after yeah. like two hours dancing around in heels. Because in yep. my dancer days, I had to wear character shoes all the time, and they were mm-hmm. awful in fishnets. So <laughs> you would either cut a sock and put it underneath the fishnet, or you would get you would upgrade the fishnets and get the reinforced tail ones no you're a true professional yes yes totally (laughs) yes um for me 
my first exposure to Rocky Horror was actually through my dad because my dad is great and did not give a shit about what we watched together. Like we, we were watching R-rated movies when I was 11. Mm-hmm. Um, not the like really intense ones, but he just didn't care. He, he just wanted a movie friend, I think. Aww. And he was like, I can make you into this. And I was <laughs> happy to do so. Um, I had heard of Rocky Horror. I don't remember exactly where on the timeline it was. I think I was like a freshman in high school. Um, I either right before or right after read, um, confessions of a rock lobster by Aaron Frick, which Mm -hmm. is a memoir about the kid who's, uh, the first kid to sue his school for the right to bring a same sex date to prom. Mm, Wow. Um, and in that memoir, there's a lot, there's at least a full chapter about his experience with Rocky horror and like how it helped him, you know, grow. And I was like, I need to see this movie. Um, and yeah, so I watched it with my dad. I think my mom was asleep on the couch while we were watching it. (laughs) Um, so simultaneously not the she best way to see tired. it and also the perfect way to see it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Right. Um, and it was just really nice. So my, it was a true father son moment. <laughs> yeah. Like my, my dad likes, you know, cinema and it was just, a, he, it was cinema. cool to share. Um, because he's always been part of like the cult, like kind of sci-fi fantasy oh, has he? world. I get that. That's my where my too. mom was. My mom yeah. was always like cult sci-fi. So my parents yeah. didn't yeah. watch. We like, my parents were a cult. <laughs> but the, I don't think I ever genre, went to genre. a movie with my parents growing up. Ah. We weren't like a movie family. Somebody oh. asked, we were talking a couple of days ago, I think it was on Shockwaves, about what, like, the first time we saw a naked body. And I was like, Revenge of the Nerds with my parents in the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. My dad yeah. took me and my friends all to see Porky's in the theater. Oh, oh wow. wow. That's and we fun. were like, Wow. Yeah, I remember my dad took me to see Heavy Metal. Yeah, and that's I remember awesome. just that's being awesome. kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I had no clue. First, it's like, it's a weird Fantasia. Cool. First movie <laughs> I saw in a theater, my brother took me and it was Beetlejuice. That's a good oh, one. Nice. It's a good one, but yeah. I don't remember going to see another movie until I was in high school with my friends. Interesting. Because my parents just, like, they didn't go to movies. My mom saw Titanic in the theater and then didn't see another movie in the theater until last year. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But she's going to go see yours. You know, I wonder if she will. <laughs> she might buy a ticket. See, my mom. I don't think she, I think it would scare the, my mom sh- to the premiere of her. Yeah, That's I true. took my parents. Um, Could you imagine? I took my parents to see one of the Alamo Drafthouse screenings of Creatures, but they were. Oh, my fun. mom was so excited. I made a Lifetime movie, like all of the horror stuff. <laughs> fine, but as soon as I made a Lifetime movie, that was so like her like shining moment that she told everybody on Facebook. And we and had a strict upbringing: no R-rated movies oh. in the house. There were certain shows we weren't allowed to watch. So I wonder if my mom would go see my movie because it's very hard on. My her. parents let me subscribe to Fangoria. I got it in the mail. That's yeah. Incredible. I was yeah. a subscriber too yeah. from Super. Really? Yeah, I remember like being in high school and having to lie about like what movie I just saw at a theater. Oh, because oh. I didn't well, feel like dealing with them like asking a million questions. I'd be just like, yeah, we saw the Smurfs. I don't fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that proves that whether or not you try to, you know, hide stuff from your kids, they're gonna find it. They're anyway. gonna get it, and they're right. gonna um, they're gonna be driven towards their love. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah no matter what you try yeah. to do, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like here I am now making movies yeah mm-hmm. and they didn't even watch them in the fucking house not just yeah. movies but horror scary horror. movies oh, yeah, yeah. Scary. I, think, I think a lot of it has to do with that yeah mm-hmm. like it was such a taboo thing that of course i was drawn to it totally. yeah. Yeah. queer kid especially you're drawn to horror yes so you add the two things together and 
And I, would, well, I made all the neighborhood kids watch Rocky Horror. I got, I got, <laughs> I no, I got you, everyone yeah. to, and I actually did a production of Shock Treatment. <clears throat> you okay. did? Oh my gosh! Good. It's in my. I made a documentary called "Put the Camera on Me." It's actually on Amazon Prime, and it's it's a it's a documentary about the films I made growing up in the eighties. It was on oh. this. It was on This American Life. We were actually interviewed by Ira Glass. Oh, oh wow! No That's how I met Peaches Christ because anyway, he heard me on This American Life. Oh wait, you met Peaches Christ? He's, oh my my be- he's one of my best friends. <gasps> oh my gosh! Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm spooning. <laughs> Do you hear that, Joshua? <laughs> All my friends are getting call outs. I love it. I love it too. Um, anyway, um, I forgot my train of thought. Oh yeah, so I put the camera on me, and I, I made this thing called Shock Treatment because I had the record of Shock Treatment, and all the neighborhood kids were in it. And I hadn't even seen Shock Treatment yet, and I, I still managed to make a, a little oh movie that my dad filmed. I mean, my mom was like dropping the needle on the tracks on the on the oh record player. Oh my god, I love that. Like with the actual score. Yeah. Oh, well, I had the record. Oh, wow. oh, that's so cool. And I made a movie based on what I thought, imagined in my head, it was based on the record. What? Not having seen it, you hadn't seen it. Not yet? having, not knowing it was that on reality so TV. Fun. Yeah, and we can't. In my documentary, I made the shock treatment music isn't in there because you know we couldn't get the afford right. the rights to any of yeah. that. But um, but I got all the kids into like it, it was like a little black dress and you know all those songs. You know, Denton, oh. Denton, you've got you know all those songs, and we all love them. We we had no idea what this was about or what we were doing. I mean, <laughs> I just, yours was probably more coherent than shock treatment. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> How I want to see you what you did that? for Dear uh, Blender. I was, yeah, I was, when I made that, I was like 10 or 11. Oh, wow. Nice. No, I, no, actually I was in, I was in fifth or sixth grade. So how old mm-hmm. are you in those grades? I don't know. 10 or 11. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rocky Horror was kind of part of my life after <clears> that. Um, I kind of built a small cult out of my theater friends in high school. Um, we would kind of put on screenings just at people's houses because we weren't really old enough to go anywhere on our right. own yet. Uh-huh. But I had the DVD special feature where you could like play the callbacks. Um, so I kind of learned them through that. Um, <laughs> Did they have all of them on that? Like even the ones that are like highly inappropriate? No. Okay. <laughs> no. There are some that I'm like, I don't say those anymore. Like there were just some that no, were always questionable. Yeah, they're, you know, you got to pick and choose yeah. Yeah. things like that. Especially, you know, if it you know was what? built in the 70s. Yeah. It's so weird, too, because I'll watch the movie now. Like, I watched it a couple nights ago before I, we, we did this. And in my head, a lot of them just play. Yeah. The way yeah. you're yeah. Yeah. No, And they do no matter what. Yes. Even if I hear it. Like, even during when Brennan was just playing the trailer, as soon as somebody would say it, I would remember right. the following line. Like, right. I can remember those more than I can the lines of the movie. Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah. There's, there's it's like mixtapes where, like, I used to remember, like, if I hear this song, mm-hmm. I would remember the song that would come after yeah. it on mm-hmm. the mixtape I made. So, yeah. It functions. There, it's, it's almost as if there's a whole subtext, a literal subtext that was created after the film was produced mm-hmm. that now lives on alongside the the actual text. No, that's true. And Rocky Horror Picture Show is a movie that has very percussive rhythms to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cutaways. There's a mm-hmm. lot of weird lapses in the music that yep. become dialogue. Right. There's this rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, the callbacks become a counter rhythm to yeah. it. Like, yeah. it's a perfect I'm, harmony. <laughs> I yeah. can't help but, like, I'm looking up, like callbacks right now and there's yeah. like the an audience participation script you can find online yep. oh, cool. mm-hmm. and i'm just like laughing okay. looking at it like another helping of curry please oh I'm my like gosh yeah. <laughs> okay let's so go, what's our favorites yeah okay well you guys start i mean mine was mine's, always, a, weir- mine's a weird one yeah mine was always <laughs> just so um i have two of them but they were just so random but for some reason they always made me laugh like yeah. i would forget about them and yeah. then laugh mine was um but maybe the rain <laughs> yeah. and then everybody would scream hallelujah <laughs> <laughs> i always loved that <laughs> and then um he came here with a purpose and he's leaving on a dolphin and that one <laughs> i always like guffawed that at. is solid 
pants now. Um, He's got no fucking neck. Oh yeah, that's a that's way. repetitive. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Chin. That's an OG one. That's yeah, an OG. That's one. definitely an OG. Uh, I'm just reading a bunch of them right now, and I'm just like, this is fun. My favorite and one of the ones that just sprang immediately to mind rewatching it this time um, is a part in Sweet Transvestite where it's like, you look like you're both pretty groovy, but the line's like, you look like you're both in this movie. I always heard oh, yeah. fucking goofy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. You look like you're both fucking goofy, yeah. but I like in the movie. Yeah, just because it's like the only reason they're there is because they're they're in the movie, so they have yes. to be here. Yeah. What's your favorite, Darren? Script is I, really I have three. Yeah. I think I have three that I like. I mean, the, the random, you know. One is when he goes, it's like, describe your balls. And he goes, heavy. Okay. Black, black <laughs> and pendulous. pendulous. <laughs> that one always got a really I good laugh that. in crowds, too. And then I like the one where, like, when she's like, they're in the car, and she's like, well, you know, the owner of that castle might be a beautiful woman. You might not ever come back again. And everyone's like, he is. Or you should be so lucky. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, I, I love like he yeah. is. He is. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and then my third one that I like is so weird. And like, I just, I'm so into it. It's so bizarre. Okay. Okay. During the time warp, <laughs> Magenta at some point is like on a ledge and she's like caressing this bird. <laughs> it's like bird carcass yeah. behind her. And everyone's like, fuck that bird. <laughs> oh, I was just literally reading that one. <laughs> I I, to be honest with you, I don't know them enough to have a favorite, I don't either. So I just, just like, those like, are just sure three. You do. Those are, those so are just many. three. It, I what was that thumped. bang? It was a gangbang. <laughs> I always liked the ones where it's responsive to something that's happening on the screen, yeah. but somebody uh, will run up and do something. Like there's one point mm-hmm. where uh, I remember we would always have a cast member run up and go, fuck you, God, and would point like his fingers towards uh-huh. one area of the screen and then lightning would strike him. Uh-huh. And you had to be standing in the perfect spot for it to uh-huh. work, but it did. Um, at the end, we, the cast would always run up and lift the house as it was taking uh-huh. off and it was just I loved the the responsiveness to the screen yeah, and, and I like love just the, the opening, action and just the opening when they're like let there be lips <laughs> and then their lips come on yeah I mean just watching those lips in the beginning of that movie is so it's just so mesmerizing yeah, you're yeah. kind of getting into a trance and you guys how did they do that and you guys know who, whose lips those are right they're Patricia yeah, uh, yeah. Patricia yeah. Quinn Magenta's lips yeah. oh no kidding yeah mm-hmm. That was always my favorite role to play, always, was Trixie, um, because you got so much more flexibility with it, and it was always, I recreated the front, the stage show every single time. Like, the dance that you do at the beginning would stay the same, um, but I changed the personas throughout, like, the five years I was doing it, and I even brought pictures of one where I had the Rocky Horror cheerleaders come out and do it with me, and Ooh. I actually taught them, like, cheer routines. Oh and, um, yeah, it was just, <clears throat> I loved that role so much, because you got to just do all this like fun different stuff every single time yeah because you're not like hard mapped onto no, action in the no. movie sorry my nose um, just <laughs> well while we're in this space what's our favorite song oh my god from the okay Rocky can Horror i tell you show? mine okay. yeah it's so weird and it's like so melancholy like of course i find the one sad song is like, it? I, i'm like so into more it's like the morrissey uh-huh. moment it's i'm going home that song is beautiful it's beautiful. so gorgeous it's so beautiful. i mean the lyrics like cards for sorrow cards for pain yeah. mm-hmm. i mean yeah and tim curry it's just so it's like torchy it's it's just beautiful it's, it was like and i see blue uh, sky yeah. it's like judy garland gorgeous. Yeah. i know <laughs> No, mine um, is actually the one that was cut. One of the ones that was oh, cut once, once in, a while. in a while. Oh, it's beautiful. I you think love... I didn't say superheroes. No, no. I hate that <laughs> one. Terrible, yeah. Brennan, your shoulders went down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he slumped at superheroes. Yeah, he um, but no, once in a while was cut because it is like, um, you know, the whole movie is kind of upbeat and show tuny, and then 
Brad pulls out an acoustic guitar and sings <laughs> about just having sex with Frank and how he's going to tell Janet. And it's <laughs> really slow and sensitive, but she sings in like this um this beautiful harmony through the entire thing and um like I remember when I saw the first production of the stage show they did like a western version of it. Ooh. And um and yeah, it was just really I love that song. I love it too. And I think Richard O'Brien He's a little heartbroken. You know, you can tell that he still kind of wishes he doesn't understand why it was cut out of the movie. I'm sure after all these years, he's like made peace with it. But like, right. you know, it is what it is. It but slows it, it down. But it that does. said, it gives it it makes it feel more real than I think that they would have wanted because yeah. you actually feel like Brad lamenting what has just mm-hmm. happened and it slows down the run. a ballad or two. If that's yeah. all it is. It's no, a straight that, ballad. Yeah. But I think yeah. a ballad in a musical, a stage musical, a ballad works, but yeah. in a movie like that, it, yeah, I could see it like, slowing down. Yeah. But. And lamenting, you know, the loss of your, what your innocence, your virginity or mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I think that, that, speaks counter to like what the film has become exactly, a little yeah, bit. It's exactly. Like we don't it need to don't dream it ponder either. this yes. yeah <laughs> but no yeah watching it this time i'm going home really struck me as mm-hmm. this is really a beautiful composition isn't it, isn't it, it is but i, I really love um i love time warp i can't help yeah, it. yeah, yeah. it's so great. fucking so fun i love the opening song mm-hmm. oh science fiction just, double oh gosh, just yeah. the lips uh, and I loved watching it on an HD TV mm-hmm. and seeing like the flaws because mm-hmm. it just I don't know just made it seem more real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she it's clearly just, smokes a lot. Those yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I, like, but I like found it kind of pretty. Yeah, no, you totally. Know, like, it's yeah, me- yeah it's, it's just it's mesmerizing. Yes, and I love when they freeze and it goes black and white yes. and it looks yeah. like something out of like you know a horror movie. Yeah, it's like an X ray. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, oh, it's so cool. And also. Science fiction double feature. Um, part of that, like the callback script to that, is when it's like "phytotrifid." That's it's poison. I'm, you know, um, that part, and people are like, "What the fuck's a trifid?" <laughs> and that's actually my least favorite part of the callback stuff because science fiction double feature is the thesis mm-hmm. to yeah. Rocky Horror. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's a good it's way to put everything. It. It's, it is. it's just a huge list of all the movies that we're pulling from to create this stew that is Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> so one of the times that I did Trixie, I actually, um, the guy I was talking about before, Robert, who was like the the faculty advisor of our fan club, created a slideshow of all the movies because we okay. realized that none of the students knew the movies that were being referenced. Oh. So he actually created this slideshow. Did so he every, do it while you yep, listened to so the Yep, so while song? I did the dance in front of it. I love that. But we played like a full slideshow behind us oh, that cool. showed the theatrical posters of every single one of the movies mentioned. Amazing. And it's like it's so many. It's like fifty movies are yeah. just mentioned really that in that many? opening. It's a ridiculous wow. amount, and some of them are just passing. Um, like even Michael Rennie was ill the day the Earth stood still. Mm. Um, I mean, it, they they go so quickly. Each line usually has one or two in it. Oh yeah. I, I also like. Um, God, that must have been hard to write. Yeah. <laughs> I also like over at the Frankenstein's place. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one that I was going to say because there's that percussive dun 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 dun. It's kind of rock and roll. It's kind of hot, mm-hmm. you know. And then there's that middle of it where. Rich, Riff Raff no, has that, that that's like, like literally when I turned on the movie the first line line that came into my head is darkness must flow yes yeah. it's so good it's about thing. being it's about otherness it's about being lonely mm-hmm. it's about feeling isolated and it's like yeah. and it's, it's, it's like two lines of dialogue in the middle of that kind of cool song yeah and it's got that really great drum beat mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Drum, drum. yeah mm-hmm. boom boom Oh, yeah. And then, of course, we have to mention Sweet Transvestite. I mean, oh, that's, God, like, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's everything. I, oh, liked... I want to watch the movie right now. <laughs> yeah. I always like Eddie's song I like it, well. too. I like it, too. So, um, there's not a bad... To me, there's not a bad song. It's a great soundtrack. I have to Ooh. find pictures of this. So when we did the stage show, my husband Dave was Eddie. 
No kidding. And, uh, oh yeah, God. he's a singer. Like long before um, he started writing Your and everything, he's past. a singer. <laughs> Is vast. It is. <laughs> and wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> Dave and I met doing musical theater. Or actually, the first no thing, idea. the very first thing that we met doing, we were doing Chekhov's Cherry Orchard, um, which is not a musical. I, I really say. want a musical of Chekhov's <laughs> Cherry beat. Orchard. But we were both working on that. And um, then the second thing is um, he got um, hired to direct hair, and I got hired as oh, the choreographer. Shit. And we hooked up during that production. And Ooh. so, like, we've always worked together. And there's another so. circle moment because um, Richard O'Brien. Brian met Tim Curry in a production of Hair in London. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. They, they were doing Hair. And Richard O'Brien does not get enough credit as a songwriter. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. His lyrics are sharp as uh-huh. staggering. Mm-hmm. Um, look, his narratives are spotty. Yeah. Um, but the songs that are linked by those narratives mm-hmm. are perfect. Even like a B side, like a uh, planet, Schmanet, Janet. Uh-huh. It's so great. Um, I love it's it. so fun. Yes. Just, and even the stupid lines, like don't get hot and flustered, use a bit of mustard. They're so, they're sassy. They're playful. Yeah. So fun. Mm-hmm. I've laid the scene. <laughs> it should be all she needs. Yeah. You're as sensu- sensual as a pencil. I mean, it's incredible. Do we? Such a <laughs> is, is okay. Although it's so great, that song's incredible. Okay. Yeah, but gun to your head, if you had to cut one of the songs, would you? Ooh. What would you pick? Oh. Um, I'll go with mine. I can make you a man. I can live without that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. that is so. I think it's so important plot wise. Yeah. Um, because it is like his Frankenstein's monster song. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, I love Sword of Damocles so much. That's such a good tune. But yeah, I could live without that song as well. But plot wise, I think it's kind of crucial. I have never been a superheroes fan. Oh, no. Um, so I'm I'll glad they cut you. it for the US. Yeah. <laughs> and even like the abridged version that mm-hmm. they actually have in the um, the movie, I never the really got into. Epilogue. Yeah, the epilogue. And mm-hmm. crawling on the planet's face. Yeah, I just wanted it to kind of go to that. But um, yeah. yeah, I was never a huge fan of that one. Should we just recite the movie from the top? <laughs> I'm pretty okay with that. You know what I like about it as well? I love when it gets into the hardcore scenes. Like when he kills Eddie and there's mm-hmm. all that blood. Oh, the blood. So he doesn't great. just kill Eddie. He fucking hacks Eddie. Yeah. yeah. You know? And then when like he's whipping, you know, riffraff. Riffraff. And, yeah. and Frank's wearing that black leather jacket. And he looks like a fucking oh, military spank. It is like yeah. it is hard. It is a punk. It is a straight up hardcore punk rock look. And this is before you know Vivian Westwood. This is before the Sex Pistols. Yeah. And you know when Rocky the musical was playing down the street, I think it was I think rumor has it that Vivian got you know a lot of that was influenced by, by the it. production. You know, mm-hmm. I mean Vivian, you know, and Malcolm McLaren, you know, they they take credit for the birth of punk, but I think there's a lot of influence from Rocky because it was happening right before the sex shop opened in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, when he's whipping him and then all the sadomasochism and horror and dark, the, the really hardcore dark stuff and the cannibalism is part of, I think, the magic of Rocky Horror. And, yeah. part, and part of the cult is is sort of the pervert, the, the darkness of it. Yeah, yeah. well, I love the, people don't talk about it a lot, but like, just like his audience the tra- uh, the that unconventional are, conventionalists. Yeah, like mm-hmm. they're all just you know like like who are they? Are they aliens? Yeah, well, that's what. Yeah, I think and they like, are. Are they aliens? Yeah. I think who they're are aliens. They? Yeah. But like yeah. I know yeah. who they are weirdly enough. But and all, I love how they arrive on motorcycles. Yeah, like, I love I love all the subculture happening. Yeah, yeah. and they all have party hats on. Yeah, and they're like yeah. fucking twirling those weird noisemaker yeah. things, yeah. and I'm just like, it's just so weird. It really is. But it's like. 
apparently, you know, Barry Bostwick and, and, and uh, Susan Sarandon were the only two new additions. Everybody else was part of the, the family, the Rocky family. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, from the, the, play, the state shows. And Barry Bostwick and Susan Sarandon, you know, they needed those – I guess they needed – it was part of how the film got financed mm-hmm. and they needed, you know, bigger American names for those roles. Susan Sarandon looks the exact same. Yes, she yeah. does. 40 years, 45 years later. And yeah, she's we're coming up so on fantastic in it. She oh, really is. She's yeah. incredible. I remember, like, I don't know, looking at my grandfather's Playboy magazine when I was younger and the centerfold, her fantasy was like wishing she was Susan Sarandon in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, oh, shitting me, really? I was like, You're like, me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that, is that wild? Just like the. Susan got late. I mean, Susan got Rocky. You mm-hmm. know, she got some good, some good D. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> she did. Everyone, everyone but her fiance. <laughs> but just like looking, watching it again, too. And, and, um, just the sets and like the pool and like just all the, the pool. pool. Yeah, I yeah. love so I know. I much just dive in how it. elaborate it is. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the joke, the choreographer dies in the third act is it's one of the callback lines, but it's because by the time that they get to wild and untamed thing, the dance becomes awful. Like, yeah, like it goes from these erratic a, things to just, I'm a wild. And they're like, just like, Rocky's like barely kicking. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's doing so disorganized and they're not in rhythm and the choreography is not in rhythm. So it's always like, <laughs> what happened there? But, but then, I kind of love well, it. I know. It's kind of like organized well, chaos. It's just this like bad burlesque, but it's still <laughs> good to watch. And then by the time they dive into the pool, it becomes so beautiful. And the fact that we see Frank glamorous for a sec, but then just by the time he, he He's a total mess in the pool. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's beautiful. There's a part of me though that when I was watching it this last time, <laughs> I felt like Rocky was accidentally on set at times, <laughs> and they just shot it with him in the background. Because like if you watch yeah. the movie closely and watch him, and I watched him closely, <laughs> he seems like he. I mean, he's not an actor. The, the, Peter Henwood himself has said, I'm not an actor, and like I ne- people are always like, why did you never act really after the movie? He's like, because I'm terrible. <laughs> um, but. Do you ever watch, like, I think about that when I watch stuff sometimes, like, that the person, I get really, <laughs> I start thinking to myself, they're accidentally there, yeah. and no one noticed, yeah. and they're like, oh, well, he's in the movie now, so we have to keep him. We didn't notice he was on set this whole day, and I thought that in Act 3 with him, I was like, was he supposed to be on stage doing leg kicks and dancing? Because, like, watch it again. Like, it's throw like, him in. Yeah, and yeah. it's like he just accidentally just like wandered Columbia on set. Brad and like, Janet right. take yeah, it. Like, yeah. Well, he's just st- he, he's stiffer than the others. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like he, his you, joints are new. Yeah, yeah. he's new. He's like, he's, you don't have the chains on He's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> this is tr- Good point. But yeah, the one who's no, blossoming at the end. He's just seven hours old. Exactly. This and truly true. beautiful to be yeah, old. And can't yeah. dance. Yeah. Also, is there any scene funnier than Janet? Brad. Yeah, it's Rocky. Good. It's so good. And that is such a sentiment to what Richard O'Brien originally planned for it to be. Like, he didn't plan for it to be serious in any capacity. Um, and you can tell so much in I that, that scene. Yeah. That's my favorite. It's I love so you know, cartoony. It is. Yeah. I loved rewatching it this time. This time I noticed, like, you know, Magenta and Columbia's like bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I want to hang out on that. Yeah. Oh room. my God. I love yeah. that she's yeah. like watching TV as she's like blow drying her. Yeah. 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 And she's like doing her nails and they hate it. They have, like, <laughs> they a, have they, a Mickey Mouse hat yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a love hate relationship and it's yes. very, it's kind of lesbianic. Uh-huh. You know, it's just fascinating. You know, they're getting turned on by well, Janet. Like she's yeah. like rubbing her leg. Yeah. 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 They, they actually like almost dry hump at one point. They do. They totally do. They kind of do. And I love that the whole house is, 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 you know, on camera. It's a voyeuristic world of like, we can 
always like tune into what's going on in all the bedrooms. Brad channel. The Janet fucks Rocky channel. Yeah, but on one TV. Yeah. Yeah. Like who doesn't love a Medusa mm-hmm. switch? Yeah. Oh, I get. I was I was reading that Richard O'Brien imagined when they, when he freezes them and they turn to you know concrete. He Richard O'Brien wanted them to be wanted it to be a visual effect, or it looked like they were just in kind of like stasis, you know. Uh huh. But you know, I guess probably Jim Sharman who directed it. You know, he had the vision to do them as you know concrete plaster casters. Plaster. And that's kind of hot. Yeah, yeah. it kind of works. Yeah. yeah, it definitely adds to kind of the Adonis yeah. element yeah. of them. Oh, yeah. Well, and I seen the statues mm-hmm. right away. Yeah. You for I, I forgot that that's like just you just forget that those yeah, well, yeah or are they other people mm-hmm. yeah you know so no I think it's I think they're all cast it was actually the actors no we're talking oh about no like, the oh, statues like the oh, yeah, there's right. statues in the party yeah oh, right. at the top yeah, that's oh, that's right. Right. they're these that's like right. Grecian statues oh that's right that's right yeah also for a movie this low budget those statues look like eerily accurate mm-hmm. to the people yeah because normally in like a sitcom when there's a joke about like someone having a portrait being painted to them it looks awful mm-hmm. right because they're like we painted this i in actually a week. was wondering <laughs> if they literally did full body cast for these every actor because they were crazy like detailed mm-hmm. yes yeah they did i think they did and some because i was um and i i heard that someone just bought the columbia one for their house and oh, it cost oh they still at an auction so that was me it was oh. a lot of money. yeah can i come over i want to take pictures <clears throat> with it that's incredible uh yeah um sorry I'm so overwhelmed my there's a lot to talk um, about yeah one one thing one thing that's like less happy that I think we should talk about very briefly I have a prepared statement I think we can't you know be a queer podcast and not talk about the fact that in 2017 Richard O'Brien made a couple of statements about transgender identity that were very controversial um but I also think you know deep people got carried away with it like how twitter happens the, the, <laughs> what um, happens? Yeah. can you say did what it become said? like a cancel culture thing where like, um, there was um, a fight a little, back on him i didn't bit. know the, this the statement i didn't know this either yeah just just real quick the statement has taken i'm not going to repeat it it's it's not good um and the statement as worded is just wrong it's it's not appropriate it's not accurate it's, it's not offensive. it's offensive it is but the thing is a lot of people are had jumped on the bandwagon of like, oh, he's, you know, this male guy who hates, he's transphobic. And it's like, he, let me, okay, sorry. I'm trying to find the right way to word this because I'm not a trans person. I can't speak for anyone who is offended by those comments. I just want to present the facts about who Richard O'Brien is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's technically speaking, not a man. He defines himself as 70% man, 30% woman. And in past interviews, he has said he would like another box to tick on the like gender form he takes m and he know goes by he him but he took estrogen for a lot of years Hmm. um he is a a being that exists outside gender in a lot of ways um and that i think is a very important context to look at his statements he definitely does not have the language to express what he was trying to say and you can obviously feel however you feel about that because is not a good thing that he said. Um, but I do want to just point out that he's not a man. Um, and that helps the tiniest bit <laughs> with what he said, which I'm not defending. I'm just saying Richard O'Brien, w- the contributions he made to gender are much stronger than any detractions. Much, much bigger than one statement. Yeah. Yeah. I had heard he was trans several years ago. Yeah. That's what I'd always yeah. heard is that he was trans himself. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, I'm not Richard O'Brien. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have not caught up with him, although I would love to. You know? <laughs> yeah. Bring yeah. Up. He's my dream guest for this show. <laughs> oh. In oh, one of those, like, no, it's going to happen. Who says who? I Could mean, happen, guys. <laughs> seriously, yeah. When I find a babysitter who's living next to him, I will <laughs> please, please set you guys up. <laughs> um, but yeah, also, Rocky Horror Picture Show, a good movie. Yes. Um, a there's a lot of flaws to it and a lot of things that are rightfully pointed at as, you know, silly. Or like, you know, the literal Easter eggs that are on the set because they forgot to clean up after an Easter egg hunt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you don't build that opening credit sequence without having a vision. And this movie has nothing but vision. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's, I would say it's a great movie. I would say it's a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I can understand why people, you know, it's, 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 you know, I can't watch it without the midnight crowd, you know, cause it does exist on multiple planes yeah. of cinematic existence, but you know, the imagery, it's like the fact that it became the first movie to play midnights and still to this day mm-hmm. is theatrically was not yeah. the first midnight movie. What, actually. Was it Pink Flamingos? No, actually I think it was, um, the first one that they started. I want to say oh, Forbidden El, Zone. El Topo okay. um, was the first one at the Elgin. Okay. Um, and actually Kenneth Anger had been showing his shit at midnight, right, right. like long before that. But I want to say the first one reefer madness was like 1971. They were doing midnight screenings of it. So it was sense. a yeah. little after that, but it but was the first the longest... one. It was, I will say it was the first one to get like big hype for yeah. it. And it was the first one to be known <clears throat> as, um, midnight movie. The term midnight movie had been used like back in the fifties as like a marketing way of like selling people to watch movies at like midnight when no one else was watching movies. But it was one of the first times that it was used as a mm-hmm. theatrical term was mm-hmm. in relation to Rocky Horror. No, totally. Um, just the fact that it's transcended time and it's still you can yeah. still see it at midnight. Right. Yeah. You can't on every Friday of every week. Well, just think like next year is the 45th anniversary. It's crazy. Yeah. It'll be, it'll, you know what I mean? It'll blow up again and by the way, in yeah. that sense. And oh, and the, the other, 50 year. Yeah. yeah. And the other shit, reason, you know, I mean, it influenced me so much. I mean, there's lines in, in Jawbreaker that are straight out of Rocky Horror. There's a line when, a cor- when Courtney says, I made you and I can break you just as easily. When she, throw- oh God, when she yeah. throws Violet into the mirror. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's a, it's a direct homage to Rocky Horror. You know? <gasps> or at the end, when she's making her boyfriend give head to the big stick and he's like, don't go. And she says, don't come. That's like, coming. You know, that's the scene. Yeah. You know, so the Ugh. DNA of that movie really affected me as a filmmaker. And it's very interesting, you know, to go back and I watch films. I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's so fun. I love like seeing other people's homages, like how Chelsea talks about in Satanic Panic hers is like a direct reference to Jennifer's body. Oh, totally. You yeah, know, like definitely. those kind of things are super cool. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I guess we should do pride. Flight. Yes. And also if there's something <laughs> before we go yeah, there, guys, yeah, I want to do just a bit of shock t- or shock treatment. Sure. Because, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, that oh. one was so, a dollop. so yeah, just a dollop of shock. Treatment. <laughs> so I had never seen Coach. shock treatment before I went to the, um, East coast national or East coast Rocky horror convention and they did a live shadow cast of it there. And that was the first time I'd ever seen it. And then after that, I bought the, um, the laser disc because it wasn't available oh, on DVD disc. at the time. <laughs> yeah. This laser was like right disc. at the laser disc. This would have been 98 um, and it had not come to DVD yet. And so I bought the laser disc. I know I I had a lot of laser discs. Amazing. I took a bonus features in high school and we watched every movie on laser disc. I I loved my laser. I liked laser. Yeah. I mean, I remember the one for like sound of music came with like six laser discs and you had to flip them like every 15 minutes, but they had bonus features. And at the time, most VHS tapes did not have bonus features. 
features. The Rocky Horror one actually did. It had a little documentary on it um, where they did um, interviews with Sal Piro and some of the cast and crew um, about kind of what it had become. But yeah, most of the VHS tapes did not have bonus features. And I was such a nerd that like I had to know how the thing was made. And that was like the enticing thing for Laserdisc <laughs> for me. So I was a Laserdisc purist well into the DVD changeover. But um, <laughs> so I, I bought Shockwave or uh, Shock Treatment on Laserdisc. And that one, I, I found it to be transcendent, but in a completely different way than Rocky Horror, because oh, yeah. whereas Rocky Horror was very reflexive in that it was looking back at the past and it was nodding and winking at the past so much, Shock Treatment seemed to all be about looking at kind of this not-too-distant future to me. And um, everything was very cutting-edge and weird and almost post-apocalyptic, but really glamorized at the same time. Um, but yet it was ultimately about divorce and going through it publicly. And so it had all these levels to me that I still just love to this day. So even though that I love Rocky Horror till my dying breath, I think Shock Treatment is probably the smarter movie if I was being like thinking theological like about it, like critically, like what it is putting on the table and exploring. Like, Shock had, Treatment has a lot behind it. It has more to say because it's not merely a pastiche. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's, it has no map that it's working from. Exactly. It's not just, I mean, like Rocky Heart is a love letter to those movies. Shock Treatment is just a, a you know, foretelling of what could happen and a, a statement on where society's headed. Yeah. It's, Practically Dada. Yeah. Also, it's very strange. Um, I actually acquired it on DVD in high school, but didn't watch it until college. But Find of Finds, I bought it for $3 at a Big Lots. <laughs> Random. Nice. Yeah. Um, that's also where I got my copy of Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. So <laughs> Big Lots really. Wait, Big Lots had Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 yep, on DVD? Yep. <gasps> oh, my uh, God. The blackboard oh, scene in that is it's incredible. It's beautiful. It's yes. very Elm Street. Right? Oh, yeah. Yes. The whole movie is pretty good. Yes. Yes. That was yeah. just, it's I mean, majorly unappreciated. But we digress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah. But they flat out say Hello Mary Lou Two Mary Two was made Hello Mary Lou Prom Night Two mm. was made in a, as a direct response to Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, they and wanted, it feels yeah, they like wanted a nightmare like villain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they just stole the no, name. No, they kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. No, so Big Lots has really been an important force in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I bought Halloween decorations there last <laughs> week. Big Lots was the store I'd shop at when I was in college. There you guys, I remember place. when Big Lots was called Pick and Save. Oh, my God. I think it, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, what can I say about Shock Treatment? I would say for anyone who's a diehard fan of Rocky Horror, you need to see Shock Treatment twice. And that's not something I advocate for a lot of movies, but if you're going in expecting it to be anything like Rocky Horror, it's not going to do some, anything for you. Like mm-hmm. um, Brad and Janet are recast, the rest of the ensemble, Ooh. the actors but, are here, but they're playing different characters. But the actress is the same from Suspiria. Yes, it's Jessica Harper. Yeah, it's Jessica Harper. Um, so. And her, she's a great singer. Her beautiful throaty voice is yeah. such a – it really it's such whiplash from Susan Sarandon's mm-hmm. kind of thin – wispy high yeah. yeah so it's really it's a hard watch the first time mm-hmm. if you're so used to rocky horror i need watch to, it i again. haven't seen this in forever but yes. you're right the, and whereas the music's great. yeah janet in rocky horror is very um repressed and it's just all about her virginity and her innocence and you know kind Saving of her herself entrance for a man. yeah exactly yeah. whereas in that you know we're we're approaching this from virginal eyes 
in shock treatment, Janet is the force. Brad is like this weak little quivering person that she doesn't like. (laughs) And Janet, on the other hand, has emerged like little black dress is all about kind of her rise to power and um, kind of becoming of her own and that she doesn't need a man. She just, you know, yeah, which is such a contrast because in Rocky Horror, it's the classic 50s angle. of The only thing I'm here for is to service this guy, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, my, I think a big, I'm sorry. I was just saying, I mean, and that speaks to her iconic line, which is, I've just come to tell you how fabulous I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, mean, I don't know if there's anything iconic. You know, I, I can't think of any lines from shock treatment. Excuse but, me. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't I mean to like, um, but uh, no, it's, no, it's okay. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing, it's not rated R. It's just not, there's nothing, there's nothing subversive about shock treatment to me. That's that true. was the problem. Or not, it, not, it, not for me. Like, like in like, a sexual like, way? But they, like the sex and gender stuff, which is what, and, and, and the macabre is mm-hmm. the things that I took away from Rocky Horror. Well, the I guts and glamour. And, yeah. There was yeah. no good, there was, you know, and it, but, but the music is great and I do think it, it's conceptually interesting, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I think narratively it's more problematic than Rocky Horror as well, but that's just me. Well. I didn't mean to come for you. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Throw Feel down. free. Everybody come for me. I want to watch. I want to watch a throwdown. Um, well, let's, again, um, getting that, that vaudeville cane and dragging us back to Rocky Horror. Um, pride float, yes. Yes. Yeah, obviously it gets a pride float, yes. right? Oh, gets, yeah. Yeah, Grand Marshal. Yeah, and Becca, sure. I f- I've been told you have a tale yes. to share with us. Yes. So oh, when yes. I was in college, um, by, so... Every year, and this was like Rocky, we fought um, to be the Rocky Horror Picture Show fan club in my university. And we, I, where'd you go to school again? Virginia Tech. Okay. It's um, it's lovingly called a cow college because it's <laughs> in very rural Virginia. And um, our major claim to fame is our agriculture, uh-huh. um, farm management, and engineering. Hex the tech. Hex the tech. (laughs) And um, so we had a very, very small, modest theater department, a very small, modest dance department, a very small film department. Conservative school? Very conservative school for the most part. And um, I mean, it was large enough that you could always find like minded people. But yeah, yeah, generally, like it was a very conservative small town for the most part. It was still a college town. So a little bit better than um, some of the other places I've lived throughout my life. But um, yeah, it was very much like a find your crew thing. And um, so we, we fought constantly to try to make Rocky Horror a part of all of the different fraternal organization <laughs> stuff that was going on. So my first year there, we heard um, that there was going to be this big homecoming parade and all the fraternities had floats in it. Uh-huh. And so we entered as a fraternity oh. and entered a Rocky Horror picture show float. And we... Um, we did that every year subsequently, and we would always pick a cult movie. My favorite one was we did um, – and we were all in conjunction um, with this theater that was in town, the Lyric Theater. It's still there. And we would always do these kind of culty screenings around Halloween. And one year we did Barbarella. Uh. And so we did a whole Barbarella-themed float and played the electric Barbarella song, and it was just phenomenal. And then um, one year we did Clue-themed, and uh, but – we did Rocky for the most part. And our um, mascot at the college at Virginia Tech is a turkey. It, they call <laughs> okay. it a hokey, but it's a turkey. Oh, the hokies. That's the right. The hokies. Yeah. And um, so we, um, and I have it with me. We couldn't afford much, but we took <laughs> um, the aforementioned guy who, who was our faculty advisor, Robert. We took his car. We put um, Rocky Horror stuff all over it. We dressed up as our characters. And then we made a giant 
paper mache turkey in a corset and put it on top of the car. Casey. Yes. And so that's what we did my first year. By the second year, we actually bought a hokey costume. You're kidding. And made a giant corset for it. So by the second year, we actually had like a full hokey corseted Frank that we would march around with. Um, but yeah, but we always had said <laughs> this is the first year. Um, and I am standing off to the side, leaning on the car. I would have been 17 in that picture. Happened here. So, you were in college at 17. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's pretty bomb. Yeah. Isn't it? But we always said if we had enough money, we wanted to actually get a pool truck and do the final scene. What does it um, say under the lips? Let me see here. Cause you, did you do that directly on his car? No, no. It's a banner. Tolls of madness cast. So, Underneath yeah. the lips? Fan club. Fan club. It says ah, fan club. It. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, so that was my very first year. And then we got like more impressive each year. And then one year we did That's the Barbarella. Oh um, but yeah, so that was, that was the very that. Can show, can I can totally sh- show yeah, that. Yeah. And I have a bunch more photos I'll have to share after we go through. But we always said that if we had the money, we wanted to rent a pool truck and actually do the pool scene and drive that through <gasps> downtown. Float. Yeah, we were like, if that that's our float, that's our ideal float was the pool that's scene and all float. of us swimming around in it, in having the orgy. That, that's exactly, that's exact, okay, are we like separated at birth? I think so. <laughs> um, mine, I'm going to read this to you because that's exactly what you just said. Parade float would be a plexiglass pool like at the end of the film with a throng of people splashing around in boas and lingerie simulating an orgy. Yes. Oh my God. That's Genius. exactly. Hell yes. That's the float. And, uh, I just want to be behind the float pulled on a wagon with a little love chair like me and Magenta. I want to be in charge of We'll put the of little Mickey Mouse ears on. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be in charge of oiling up Rocky. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's my job. Yeah. Blonde. Yeah. I do love a blonde. So what are your so guys' scarce. parade floats? Yours. That's it? That's yeah, it. I think that That's wins. it? That way. We, we added our, yeah. our touches. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, here, I also brought, um, this is my, ah, why is it turning like that? This is my East Coast 2000 Rocky Horror Picture Show Trixie certificate. Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> and then I have a picture of it on the other side. So what Love I it. did to win that illustrious title of East Coast Convention Best Trixie oh uh, for 2000 oh um, was I bought a 50s car hop outfit and turned it into a Trixie outfit, which I believe is right. <laughs> Did I say? Oh, I'm wearing it. I'm, oh, I took a picture of it. It's right on the side. Um, and I made a little usherette tray and everything. Oh, so it was so like cute. a little 50s car hop Trixie. So yeah, yeah. for for those I who have, so cute. for those who have only seen hair. the movie, love it. Who is Trixie? Trixie is um, the lips. So when you do the either the shadow cast or the live stage show, there's usually um, an usherette that will come out and sing the song or perform so to great. it. And usually when you're doing a shadow cast, they're the ones who also lead the pre-show. So like when mm. you do the actual um, shadow cast versions, there's always a pre-show that is usually filled with games or little skits or things like that. We'd mix it up every single time and do something different you would spank the virgins yeah whatever <laughs> the game was for that round um and yeah that was always my favorite game to play that was always my favorite <laughs> role so yeah i loved it you are hardcore i have my moments yeah. <laughs> um oh and that's that's my um columbia oh okay so, oh yeah. we have to see this yeah. this is great um do we have any last thoughts because i assume i don't know Obviously, we couldn't have covered everything there is Obviously. to say about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. At the end of 
of it, I have to say, like, the one thing that I always take with me from Rocky Horror when people are like, dude, why did you love it so much? Because even some of my friends now are like, you seriously, like, were into it. And I was. Um, But it's always the don't dream it, be it mantra. And Mm -hmm. Rocky, um, it's like I said, where I had that moment where I was sitting there going, do I join a sorority or do I go, you know, hang out with that one guy sitting by the Rocky Horror Picture Show booth? And it was the best decision I've ever made. Um, Because... It, it allowed me to come out of my shell. It allowed me to view college as me learning who I was and not learning how to act around other people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it allowed me to explore what my inner interests were and not, you know, how to be performative with everything and how to appear in society. So it, for me, it was yeah, always well, it like formed a lot of your future. It did. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and it just, it, it definitely helped shape who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk about it in the past tense, though. I, I feel like it's still with me like, mm-hmm. everywhere. It's all over my house. Yeah, I still have a poster up. You know, um, and because it informed, I just have this fondness for it and, and, and for like how it, you know, gave me community mm-hmm. in a world mm-hmm. where I felt like I didn't really have it. Yeah. You know, I have one little quick story. Sure. Yes. yes. I was a tour guide at Universal Studios. One, one of my first jobs, <laughs> I was a tour guide at Universal Studios. I'm learning so much tonight. <laughs> It was when I graduated from high school. I was like 17, you know? Um, and I got this great job. I don't even know how I got it. Cause it's not, that's not an easy job to get. Right. You have to like audition and there's like a whole process and they make you audition to be a tour guide. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Wow. This is back when earthquake was just opening the earthquake attraction. Ooh. Oh, cool. So the, the tour left from the top of the park is before they moved the whole thing to the bottom. And the, and the tour was like back then two and a half hours was a whole long thing. This is like not the most exciting story. It's just a brush with Rocky Horror lore. That's all it is. Anyway, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. So, uh, long story short, like, you know, we're, I was bonding with everyone who was there to audition, you know, from, you know, and a lot of them were out of college, you know, so it was like a lot of older people, you know, and I was only 17. I was just, for me, it was going to be a summer job before NYU, you know, so I was going to New York, uh, NYU for college. And I found out there was someone there named Dory and I found out her last name was Hartley. And it was Dory Hartley, who was the original Frankenfurter from the Sal Mineo cast. No kidding. Oh my gosh. And I had read about her in that book that I picked up from B. Dalton Bookshop, which with all that Rocky lore, Uh you know, and I fucking fangirled so hard over her. (laughs) I was like, Dory Hartley, oh my God, you don't understand. It's such an honor to meet you. I'm such a huge Rocky fan. And it was just, it was just incredible just how important it was. It was such an important movement to me that even somebody who was, she was a celebrity to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She, yeah. was, she was in that book, you know? Yeah. How it did was, she react? Oh, she's like, thanks. That's so cool. You, you recognize, you know me. That's so weird. You know, she had this New York accent and I always thought she was interesting. So I was like, Oh, a girl plays Frankenfurter. That's so unusual. Mm-hmm. Cause even, which is impressive. Cause now on Dragula, they're like, Oh, well, Dragula is very like forward now. Cause there's like a lot of, you know, there's at, they're called abfab Queens. This is like assigned b- female at birth. Mm-hmm. And that was already happening with Rocky back with her with, with Dory Hartley, you know, in the cast, which is uh-huh. really, really interesting. Anyway, she didn't get the job. <laughs> <laughs> you did. She did not get to become a tour guide. I don't know why, but my brush with her was so, it was like That's very so meaningful. Random. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I can't really find words to express how much Rocky means to me. Uh, and definitely I could not have found words the first time I watched it. The like queer fantasia of it. <laughs> I just couldn't even begin to process what I was watching, but it's just, it's such a deeply felt movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, the parts that are bad are 
it's it's handmade. Like you can feel the care that went into making mm-hmm. it, and it's just every so, sequin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, somebody put a lot of work into bringing this weird ass movie into your eyeballs, and it just I always respect that. It's crazy mm-hmm. that it exists and at the end of the day. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was my and first. And nothing like it's existed since. No, yeah. no. There is nothing like it. I mean, I'm it. sorry. I mean, I love Hedwig, but Hedwig's not Rocky. No. Yeah. And same with Priscilla. Like, yeah. I remember yeah. the uh, Drew Carey episode where they were like, we're the new Rocky. And I'm like, no, you're not. It's, it's completely. <laughs> no. I love Priscilla mm-hmm. till the end of time. And I will quote that movie in a moment's notice and, and all the time. But, and the soundtrack is amazing. It is not Rocky. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And I will say, I do have to be in the right mood to go to one of the, like, callback screenings. Because it can be a lot sometimes. Uh, I get a little overwhelmed by mm-hmm. large shouting crowds. Um, I, I don't do midnight as well as I used oh, no, to. I no, think the no. kids destroyed that to, yeah. for me. But yeah, now by the time one thirty hits, I'm like, like barely functioning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're only halfway through the movie. And I'm just, oh, God, they're going to wake me up at 5.30. Yep. Yeah. When I when I took Sergio to see it, um, it was at the art theater in Long Beach mm-hmm. where I used to work. I, the Rocky shift was wild. Um, but it was a Halloween screening, and Halloween was like a special one because it was a weekday, so it was at like 9 p.m. It was oh, perfect. Wow. I loved oh, it. Oh, that's great. Did you guys um, have to do the cleanup? Oh, yeah. We had leaf blowers. We would literally blow everything to the front of the theater and oh, then scoop smart. it up with like giant um, – Push like, brooms or something? It was like uh, snow shovels. Oh, like, oh yeah. yeah. It's so funny. It's intense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will say for, for those who feel alienated from Rocky because of the live experience, that's not the entirety of this Mm-mm. movie because I feel that sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, yes, hell yeah, I'm here. I'm with it. And sometimes I want to stay home and watch it on I my had fancy blue. Yeah. Yeah. I had fun watching it last night yeah. in bed. Yeah, yeah. I watched yeah. it yeah. alone on my couch and I had a great time mm-hmm. and you still are connected mm-hmm. with yeah. the history of it and with what it means to everybody mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, yeah it's 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 a good movie i mean when I'm, frank whips off that black cape oh so you can't. <laughs> it's, it's still just as powerful today when frank invents the outfit reveal yes <laughs> oh my gosh it is staggering when he goes from bougie dracula to that also, it's amazing it is amazing that song he makes his entrance and he gets the fuck out the second the oh song oh my god over. yeah oh he knows how to oh yeah not the symptoms oh. and he's gone oh yeah, i know yeah, just right but i love the choice of like even just like the pink kitchen gloves mm-hmm. after he mm-hmm. kills mm-hmm. um what's his face and the, yeah. and the pink triangle on his yeah. little like surgery outfit oh yeah it's beautiful so cute yeah anyway we uh, where can we find everybody online let's start with darren uh, Instagram is just my name at Darren Stein. Twitter, uh, Twitter is the same. Darren same. at Darren Stein. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Michael Ken Ken. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Rebecca McKendry, and um, also my two podcasts, Shockwaves, yes. um, which is Blumhouse, and then on Fangoria, I have Nightmare University. Yes, cool. you do. And we, the Queer Wolves, have been on Shockwaves. Yes, that you have. So that was and was you, will, you will be on Nightmare University yes, soon. Please. I promise. <laughs> yes. Um, and yet you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Wolf Pod. Please join our Facebook group at Attack of the Queer Wolf Pack. Um, you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brands. Also, I just wrote a definitive ranking of the entire Pedro Almodovar filmography on AlternateEnding.com. Wow, I sure did. I'm excited for that. Yeah, check it out. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Don't dream it. Be it. Woo! Oh, yes. <laughs> Attack of the Queer Wolf is a member of the Fangoria Podcast Network. Hosted and produced by Brennan Klein, Michael Kennedy, and Renee Beaver. Sound recording, mixing, and editing by Ernie Hurtado. Recorded at Rebel Talk Network in Los Angeles. Music by Von Kiss. Logo art and design by John Holland. 
Borfangoria, Dallas Sonye, Phil Nobile Jr., Jessica Safa Vamir, Brandon Wynerdy, Natasha Pacetta, and Rob Galuza. <laughs> <laughs>